What's going on, quitters? Welcome to another episode of Don't Quit Your Day Job. Today is December 16th, 2022. This episode, though, is coming out right after Christmas, so I hope you all had uh, a good Christmas. Happy holidays, whatever it might have been for you and your family. Hope it was a good time and I hope you didn't get sick, okay? Uh, but guys, we have a very special episode for you today. Today, I am sitting down with singer, songwriter, musician, her album just came out. She just dropped her album when it all comes crashing down. Everyone, please welcome Sabrina Song. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. I want to talk to you for a little while now because uh, every day, honestly, when we were setting up the studio, Connor kept being like, oh, yeah, uh, Sabrina does like audio work and stuff, too. She knows a lot about this stuff. <laughs> yes, I saw this in its bare bones. It's come a long way. He knew what he was doing, though. He did. I was very impressed. Yeah. No, so was I. <laughs> yeah. So you are, you're a, you just released an EP. Yes. Which can be found on Spotify. You have a Bandcamp or anything or just Yes, Bandcamp, everywhere that you'd probably be looking for. It's so. awesome. Well, guys, go check that out. Make sure you go listen. It's actually, it's very good. I'm not saying it's actually very good. Like, I'm surprised, okay? It's very good. I listened Thank to it like three times today because I wanted to be ready with the questions. Thank you. <laughs> but we'll start at the beginning. So, your musical career, where does it start? Uh, I grew up doing just like plays mostly and like singing at the restaurant in my town. Like, I always loved singing, but I think I was very daunted by songwriting. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I had a teacher in high school who just pushed me to like try keeping a journal and start songwriting and then applied to college to do that having written like four songs and just submitted those songs and was like I know I want to write more and somehow got into the program I wanted to get into and wow then, yeah so I've been doing it since then <laughs> so when you said you were you're in plays are these like musicals or yes like musicals and like community theater musicals okay and then of high school and middle school plays and musicals and then like singing covers at like the farmer's market well that was the, the farmer's extent. market what? there was a farmer's market what's that deal what's the deal with that i think like my someone like someone's mom like one of my friend's moms like set up the farmer's market and was like do you want to bring your keyboard and like sing all of me by john legend you know okay that's yeah. cool. So that was the extent of the artistry of it all <laughs> until like I really I feel like during college is when it like mm. actually became even like a concept of anything. And the last like two years is probably when I would say it's been like a full time like nice. pursuit. So you you mentioned you were, you were playing keyboard at this time. So were yes. you did you grow up musically? Did your parents like put you in classes and stuff? I think I just like wouldn't shut up. So they were like, you must want to <laughs> perform. <laughs> yeah. And I, I grew up playing piano and then a little bit of guitar and played like violin all of school as like my school instrument. Okay. And then, yeah. So I always like read music and understood it and loved mm. singing. It was like, I wouldn't say I was an artist or like I wasn't really like right. making my own music. But you had the skill set kind of the foundational stuff. Yes and like always kind of I mean I definitely like in middle school was like writing little little songs in quotations mm -hmm. but they were not I wouldn't even count that as anything. <laughs> right, right. Okay, because the when when you explained it the first time, I was like, "Yo, did she sing like three songs in high school randomly?" I was like, "This is kind of cool. I guess I'll try music." <laughs> oh my god, no! Like I, I always was performing and singing all the time, but mm -hmm. like in like school groups or like yeah. covers, and then had only just like fully written and finished 
only a handful of songs when I was like, this is the career I want to do and try to go to college for. Mm -hmm. And um, whereas I, I think I think that way because so many of my peers that I met at college had been in like bands performing since they were like 14. And mm -hmm. that just like wasn't what I was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I knew some of my, a lot of my friends from back home, uh, they, they were in like, like pop punk bands when they were like yes. 16 or 17. And to me, I was like, I didn't even know you were like allowed to just perform yeah i was like no one makes a band like i yeah, was like yeah. that's what they do in movies like teen yeah. movies but yeah that that's reserved for teenagers from 2002 okay exactly yeah. and they pretend to play the guitar yeah and all the songs are perfectly written yep. by adults <laughs> so where did you uh where'd you go to school i went to school like college yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, okay nyu where'd you go to elementary school i know i was like i went to a public high school in the suburbs of new york nice and then nyu Cool. Damn. That's awesome. So what what specific college did you go to within NYU? What school were you? Yeah, it's this program in Tisch, which is like the arts school called okay. the Clive Davis Institute, which is basically like a major that encapsulates all of the aspects of the music industry. So like engineering, production, music business, like branding yourself, Whoa. performing, and you're supposed to kind of come out a very well-rounded person even mm. if you even if in, being an artist is your main focus that's really cool so you you get it all you're not just like focusing on like an instrument like no yeah schools. it's like not yeah, yeah. conservatory it's like it's like pop music school and it was very <laughs> varied like in what people were trying to do mm -hmm. there but you can kind of feel that they very like handpicked the class because everyone is just doing such a different like a different thing that's personal yeah. to them and some people end up kind of not performing and becoming like music journalists mm -hmm. or like wanting to go into publishing or whatever so yeah so when cool. you when you applied for college do you have something like that in mind or are you trying to be more specific or are you just kind of you said you're you had a teacher that kind of pushed you to pursue it yes i i knew that that i found out about that program like a month before you had to submit to any school. And I, yeah, yeah. I just was like, I guess I'll apply. I definitely won't get in. Mm -hmm. And I also applied to schools for theater because mm -hmm. that's what I had always been doing. But I I just couldn't picture myself going. Like, I loved doing it. But, like, I couldn't picture, like, majoring in theater. Mm -hmm. And, like, I, I don't think I, like, wanted it bad enough. Yeah, like, yeah. the way you have to to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was kind of like I was applying to schools, like, letting where I got accepted, like, de decide my career path, yeah. like, at 17. Um, I don't know <laughs> what that. I would have done if I, I did didn't that. get in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to see where I get accepted and, mm -hmm. like, decide. But um, Very cool. Yeah. So when you actually got there and you start getting to the program, are you are you writing music independently alongside your program, or are you just kind of going to school and kind of seeing what you are drawn towards? Or Yeah, it's kind of a mix. Like, there, some of the core classes there was songwriting and like producing your songs and co-writing or whatever. But a lot of people are also just kind of like doing what they're going to do and releasing, like having nothing to do with their curriculum. Right, right, it was right. kind of like nice when you could overlap it to mm -hmm. like ease your workload or like get feedback maybe from the professors you liked. But right. it was definitely like everyone kind of took a different approach of how much they were involving their like artist project in school. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I I don't know if you've ever seen these, but they have these videos on TikTok of people recording when they play one of their tracks for like their college courses. I haven't. 
Oh my God. It's I'm it's shocked that's not on my feed because that's literally <laughs> what I lived. <laughs> I've seen like quite a few now where it's like some music production course or whatever and you have to present your track and the there's one guy with the camera and the other guy on the laptop who's got like the EDM like built into the drop. The drop happens and the whole class is just arms oh crossed. Oh my like, God. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> there, would, there were literally and half of it was during COVID so there were whole Zoom classes where the whole point was sharing your what you had made that week and getting feedback mm -hmm. and you're just like staring at like the screens of oh, like no. your <laughs> your classmates reactions to what you're playing them but so what year did you start going to college and what year did you graduate yeah i graduated last year so last year it was 2021 and I started 2017, so. Okay, so you at least had like a, a normal college experience for I had a good that. like two and a half years. Okay. And then it was really just like the very end, like senior year and mm -hmm. stuff that was. Okay, well, that, that's good. I, It's a theme on this podcast when I meet people who are who have, who went to college around the pandemic that I'm just like, I pity you for, for not yeah, being able to walk. Yeah, it's just like so. literally, and they, yeah, they did a makeup everything, but yeah, it, yeah. it was honestly like it felt like we were all like my friends and I like one foot out the door mm -hmm. that it sucked but we still could use the studios at the school yeah yeah um even though it was like <laughs> the, the rules around it were insane but like I didn't feel super deprived of a lot of parts of it um yeah it just felt like kind of like it is what it is yeah, yeah. I felt worse for like my my high school age sister who like didn't have prom you know like that that kind of thing yeah not prom <laughs> <laughs> not the sacred yeah, tradition yeah. of prom but um yeah no i think about that all the time i was like i think the people who i felt the worst for is uh seniors who graduated in 2020 because it's like you didn't get to walk and you have to start college like not knowing if you're gonna have a regular experience or not yeah that was literally my sister but and it was funny too because then it became this whole weird narrative of like how is this influencing the music like the art like it just was such like a strange because like i feel like most people were just like we just want we're just depressed like yeah, we yeah, don't, yeah. this is not inspiring me to yeah. write music but uh, <laughs> yeah did it impact your music did you i think it it just forced us to be creative and like maybe this is partly just from being in school like i don't know if i would have done this on my own but like that's when i really learned how to use like premiere and like mm. video editing or like coming up with ways to try to be interesting with music just because like without live performance right right but never at a point was i like i'm so glad this is happening because it's <laughs> such like creative <laughs> like bl blossom for me yeah, but it, yeah. it did like end up yielding some like different skills that i just don't think i would have like focused on mm -hmm. if it hadn't been happening okay but. that makes sense yeah so what you start college you're taking all these courses about music industry engineering recording all this yeah. stuff what what's your first like main project outside of school that you start working on ind independently for yourself yeah i released a bunch of like singles and a video or two in the first few years of college like i always kind of knew i wanted it to be under my name like a lot mm -hmm. of my friends had like monikers and stuff yeah yeah um but i i just feel like i i was kind of see that as like an experimentation mm -hmm. period and then really like early last year maybe end of 2020 is when it started to feel like actually like what it is now or at right, least like right. on a path to becoming what it is now and what i want it to be mm -hmm. um with like even just the music itself not even right. like um 
in terms of like accomplishments but mm-hmm. yeah I, and I, I was just always playing that music for feedback in in class and stuff but um it was kind of like everyone was always just kind of doing their own thing mm-hmm. um because some of the classes were like entirely just music journalism or like right you could really tailor it to what you wanted by the end so mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so you're kind of you you're releasing singles through college, kind of yeah. here and there. I think when I listen to this EP and I listen to a bunch of your other stuff, uh, you you definitely have like your vibe and your tone like nailed down. Like you Thank really, you. it's really good. I it was it's one of those things where I struggle with this in comedy, right? Like, who am I? What do I make? How do I? How does that present? Yeah. When I listen to your your music, I'm like, oh yeah, she knows exactly what she's going for. Oh my god, that's thank you. That's like crazy because I think I just like literally didn't know. And not that I didn't know like oh what should I do, but I just thought everything I did was bad. Okay. The whole all of that time of like experimenting, like I just felt like I like I didn't understand how I got into the program. Mm-hmm. I felt like everything I was making cuz I was learning how to produce at the same time. Like I hadn't produced at all before um in high school or, or younger. So right. I think I just had a lot of like imposter feelings about like I it took me a long time to become comfortable even calling myself a producer when I definitely even long after I definitely was. Yeah, yeah. Um so I think that was also just part of like learning to just be able to like advocate for myself. Mm. Um cuz I think I always knew what I thought was good, but I just felt so like not comfortable trying to like not comfortable sharing it and also just didn't feel like it was like up to my standards for a long time but mm. i i too feel like i've gotten closer <laughs> and it's like probably yeah, yeah. just because i've gotten older too but that's like a i think i think everyone goes through at some point is like it's like the ira glass taste thing have you heard that no where it's like there's a great video on it but basically he said like when you start any type of creative pa- pa- like field or whatever you have what you like. You have your taste, right? Oh, I want. I like these things, but I think I could do better in this mm-hmm. way. And you start the start doing the thing, and you suck at it because the thing you make is nowhere near your taste level. Right. And it just takes your whole career to eventually get there. That's a great analogy. Yeah, it's like I knew. I feel like I know what's good, and mm-hmm. I know what I want. And then the uh, inability for me to get to do that, like to get to that point for so long was really frustrating but I think kind of like the perfect challenge because I'm like someone who loves to plan and loves to know what's ahead and Mm -hmm. have like a clear path and doing this is like I just will never have that and there's like no way (laughs) to know what is right or if I'm like on like at what point I am at in the grand scheme and like I think the challenge of having to like be comfortable with that uncertainty yeah has also like helped me grow as a person too because i just it is just completely unpredictable to me which is uncomfortable yeah it's awful yeah (laughs) it's very stressful yeah exactly (laughs) also i'm sure you went through this like when when i graduated college i went to engineering school Mm -hmm. graduated was so depressed for like eight months like Mm -hmm. and i think what it was was like when you're in college you have tangible like reward points right you're like oh assignment 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 midterm and then you get to the final oh i did a semester nice like you have you always have the next thing but then once you get out of school it's just like everything is on your time and you have to set your own mile markers and that's really it's hard to deal with <laughs> it's so true it's like i've i know this is probably talked about 
all the time, but like you're given this like structured day and like completely like your value and respect from like adults is basically based on like how high you're achieving and yeah, like yeah, yeah. how much you're filling up your day from like 6 a.m. to like mm -hmm. late after school activities for like 18 years and then through 21 if you're in school and it's that rigorous for you and I think I was really afraid in the middle of college of graduating but I think I honestly experienced that more after high school because mm. I think I had this feeling of like oh like most of everything I did on like truly just doesn't matter yeah, like yeah. I was so hyper focused in high school on achieving and like meeting my high standards and grades and whatever and then after high school i was like oh literally none of that will matter for the rest of my <laughs> life like at all like yes it helped me probably get into the school i wanted to go to but mm -hmm. like i just felt like i that was like part of my i that was like either part of or was my identity mm. and then i was like oh i need to like figure out what i actually like to do like right, with right. my time and like with my life because i can't just fill every second with like these little busy tasks interesting okay yeah. so you're like a super academic person then at that time yeah i mean i i, I definitely was super i like loved going to school and like i think i <laughs> whoa was, hot yeah, take yeah <laughs> in, in high school and like love like always was in as many clubs as i could and honestly just really enjoyed it because i i've always loved being busy and now i think it's a matter of actually finding like a allowing myself to have value outside of productivity. Whoa. Because I think yeah, that yeah. I'm just someone who truly, if I spend a whole day laying in bed, I feel like completely worthless. <laughs> and I don't yeah. think that about yeah. other people. So I know logically that that is so stupid. But I I think it's it stems from there because that's how I'd feel mm -hmm. in high school if I like was laid on an assignment or like I never even had that time to like, sit for long stretches and right. just like have that be a part of my life that now I think it's like as an adult and trying to figure out what I want my days to look like <laughs> I'm like so uncomfortable with um with like being uh still yeah I 100% agree it for me like for us like comedians like I'm sure I'm sure Zach has filled you in on the pressures of being a comedian but it's like you have to show face and you have to improve. And any day you're not doing one of those things, it feels like you're falling behind. So now every single day I do my Duolingo, I practice Chinese, and then I write for a while, I write comedy, and I draw a picture mm -hmm. every single day. I like those are my I three three basic building blocks. Mm -hmm. And then at first when I wake up, I'm like, oh man, I got I gotta do all these things and I gotta do my regular job and I gotta do podcast, whatever. Mm -hmm. But like as I just do the small tasks, I feel like it makes me more productive for the rest of the day. It's, and it's just things yeah. that make you like feel good yes. outside of yeah. and I think that's the hard part too, is like something I've thought about a lot is like I there are just a lot of careers where once you leave work, like there's physically nothing more you can do mm -hmm. than like than what you're already doing to excel your career right. path. And yeah. it's like, even though it's not healthy and it and it's not good for you, like you could just physically always be doing more if you're a musician or a comedian or something. Right, like, right. You could just be making more content, writing more music, like going, trying to play yeah. more shows, going to more shows. So I think it's hard when 
it, you truly just it's like I, I try to figure out if it's just discipline mm-hmm. or if it's actually an unhealthy level of <laughs> like, yeah, of like not understanding where where to stop. It's capitalism, baby. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, there you go. <laughs> it was actually neither of those things. Yeah. I just, <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. it's something that I think like day to day I'm trying to. I also have to remind myself that I'm like, I'm doing this because I enjoy it. Like if right, I'm just right, going to be yeah. miserable feeling like I'm not doing enough every second, like mm-hmm. why am I even doing it so i think i've gotten definitely a lot better at it but like throughout the years of like high school into college and like i was just so i would feel like guilty for like hanging out with my friends like it was crazy i and not like not like i was constantly like reading a textbook but like more with music like yeah yeah. i just was like i am not writing enough and like i am just like not getting better like at the speed that i want yeah, and all yeah. of this stuff where it just wasn't even making it like why am i even doing it you know wow if you're feeling that way yeah every day that's how i mean i got that way with like doing o- too many open mics for a while like you just kind of burn out and now i've been slacking <laughs> <But>. <laughs> no yeah then yeah. you then you're like oh let me give myself a break and then you're like wow i've been doing nothing like yeah. <laughs> so i i definitely of course is just balance but like you said then you're working the job that makes you money so that you're Mm -hmm. able to do the thing you want to do for most people yeah not for everyone i actually work the (laughs) job i don't want to work so i can do things i don't want to do Uh, (laughs) and there's no joy there's no joy i'm gary v um (laughs) so you okay so when do you start like really nailing down like i want to be a musician who makes like this stuff when do you get serious like you said you were releasing some singles under your name when do you when are you like i'm gonna make like a real a real thing out of this yeah i mean i think in my head it was always like a real thing but now in hindsight i just think there was kind of like a tipping point where i it things started clicking Mm. just from having those years of like doing it badly and like figuring out how to do it at all yeah yeah. Um, where i just think i just started to become more excited about the music Mm. and also just feel like it was worth listening to like Okay. Actually yeah. on a, a level of like the music being good enough and not just like I want people to like this and validate that right, it's good. Right, yeah. Like I I now I feel like I'm getting to the point where the music is good enough where I just feel like I can stand behind it no matter what. And obviously good enough is like arbitrary, yeah, but like yeah. I feel so strongly about the music right. that even if people aren't validating to me that it's quote unquote good, yeah. I'm I still feel okay. Whereas in the beginning I think I just wanted to like have people be like, no, you're like, good job. Like you're doing it right. Like you're doing it the right way. Especially in something like super ambiguous like this, like having some some type of validation to fall back on. Exactly. And like, I just respected everyone around Mm -hmm. me, like my friends who were artists doing it so much. And I wanted to like be at the level I thought they were at in my head. Right. Um, And then I, yeah, I think I just got to a point where I also think I was super influenced in the beginning by like wanting to come across as like like just cool and like ambiguously cool where mm, and kind yeah, it of doesn't come across at all so I'm right. sorry to tell you <laughs> <laughs> where like I wanted to like now I can not let outside influence affect like actually what the music sounds like right right like over the last two years like I think I was kind of pushing away what my strengths actually were mm in trading it for like 
just what would I like what would people think is cool and good like now mm-hmm. and and not thinking in terms of longevity at all right or right, like right. what I even really like actually want to say mm-hmm. in the music and I also just had a very hard time writing at all because I felt so like not secure in my own opinions like I mm. just didn't feel like my opinion like who am I to say this yeah thing. yeah yeah um so I think all of those feelings just kind of eased as I got more comfortable with producing and mm. writing and then also just like actually maturing as a person where I I feel like more secure in just my opinion in day-to-day life and in through my music okay wow yeah. nice Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I'm actually a genius and I'm everything I write is um no, should be studied. It, it's something I think like everyone goes through in some way, you know, and like at the end of the day it's just like figuring out who you are and just rolling with it, you know. Yeah. So, uh was okay. I wanted to ask. You mentioned you were kind of withholding your strengths. So, initially when you're doing your creating music, what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? What like what are the things you like needed to improve on in your in your mind? Okay, yeah. I well, so I just really didn't know how to produce in the beginning, so that mm. was really hard because okay. I just really didn't want to just hand it off to someone else, which is completely a fine thing to do. But I really wanted to be a producer. Right. Okay. What is a producer? Yes, <laughs> producer is like, let's say I sit down at the piano, I write the song, the song exists, then we're going to either with instruments or with electronic production in a music software, in a DAW, a digital audio workstation, um, like write the drum uh, like pattern and like okay. add all of the elements that make it the the song itself. And then like the sheet music is just the songwriting. Like that is not the production. Gotcha. But okay. the production could also be like recording drums and bass and guitar live in a studio Mm. in a certain way okay okay so like kind of like putting the pieces together okay yes and that's like what makes that specific version of a song like a cover could have completely different production and or like whatever and that'll be but the song is still intact okay okay that makes sense it makes sense Mm -hmm. now we we were were talking about this before we got in the recording what the hell is mastering yes okay so let's go in order (laughs) production is what i just said Mixing is when you take all of those stems, like each element in the song, once you are done writing Mm -hmm. and producing it, and the mixer is making sure all of the levels between those elements are, nothing's poking out, you can listen and it feels like a cohesive track, they're EQing, adding effects, like polishing up the production through very fine tuning levels and everything. Mastering, I didn't know what it was for years is when the mixer then gives the mastering engineer um, just the finished mixed file and basically mastering engineers make sure that when you're listening, let's say you're listening through a playlist on Spotify, mm-hmm. you never have to change the volume level. Everything that's it. is that's that's like that's, in the most simple terms. Okay, okay. It's it's a little more than that. There could be some compression and EQ, like some last tweaking that the mixing engineer, same effects that the mixing engineer would be using. But basically, it's like the final coat. Like it's the final thing that polishes it up and makes it so that 
nothing like you shouldn't have to change right the volume of the song like if you've ever listened to old songs from like the 60s that haven't been remastered like you know remastered versions yeah, okay this makes me so mad because i'm like <laughs> this is literally i'm just the like, same song and like this is just literally the match loudness tool in adobe audition which we use for okay, all our podcasts like, pretty much like in the most simplified it's like oftentimes yeah. Making it louder, like right. and things that are louder sound better, but I, it's it's much oh. more nuanced than I'm explaining it. But for the average person who might not know, and I thought when they remastered songs, okay, <laughs> yes. I thought that they like literally like re-recorded the parts to make them cleaner in our new data formats. But that would be that's what Taylor Swift is doing. <laughs> okay, what well, is that like no, the Taylor's I, version thing? Yeah, okay. Taylor is actually re-recording the songs. That's a whole other thing. Okay. But the no, that they're literally just making they're like re-kind of polishing okay, the okay. same audio track that was made and released in like the sixties or seventies gotcha. or when you see those okay. versions. Okay. So yeah. you you do songwriting, you do production, you do not do mastering, mixing or mastering. No. Okay. Cool. Nice. That was very educational. Thank you. Because I still don't know what I do at this console when we're recording people's podcast. I am. I just say I'm engineering. I'm, right. To, well, yeah. Which us, like, yeah, you are. We said it to we say it's recording or editing. Those are our two like switches in our yeah, brain. So. The recording is is like the engineering part. Yeah, editing yeah. is its own thing. But engineers are definitely also editors. No yeah. way. But, but we do. We now that I know what those are, we are doing actually like production mix right master, yeah you're doing everything but... <laughs> in-house i and There's meanwhile new for it yeah mastering <laughs> engineers are going to be like that is not what i don't well maybe come not. and I... fucking fight me okay <laughs> come down to this basement and tell me my podcast levels are weird or whatever okay yeah well but now so, we're but now we know what we're yeah. talking about <laughs> so you uh you said your initial strengths are the songwriting part and you wanted to learn about the production more so yeah, I just think I've always, I I think I'm very focused on words, even like in daily life. Like I think I'm very conscious of my word choice and like mm. very conscious of how I'm articulating things. And I think that's why I've always been a very like lyric driven writer. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, And now that I write and produce for other people as well, I, I always find that I'm more dr like driven to contribute lyrics mm -hmm. and like melodies more than other things but yeah I've always felt very comfortable with that aspect of it and since I grew up playing piano I most songs I end up starting on mm -hmm. on piano and just writing lyrics and then I knew I could find someone to produce the songs but I I wanted to have that skill set but in the beginning it's just so brutal like you yeah. you don't know what you're doing and it's just like you're going to be bad until it's mm -hmm. not bad. And it's it was just felt so embarrassing to me at the time because so many people around me were like just at a level I thought was like God tier level right, producing. Right. So I think it just everyone. No one ever made me like feel bad about it, but it was just more like, oh, I can't wait until this is like listenable to me. Right, right. <laughs> um, And yeah, so now I think I'm able to like really serve the song mm -hmm. in its best form whereas before it was like you're limited by what you're able to right what you're able to do so. okay that makes sense yeah cool what um what are your like when i listened to your music i like kind of knew right away it's like this is very narrative driven very lyrical focused yeah what are your who are your influences yeah there's i'd say like 
just some overall influences would be like Carol King, Billy Joel, like Joni Mit- Joni Mitchell, and then like yes, classic singer songwriters like that. Mm-hmm. And then more contemporary would be like Mitski, um, Adrian Lanker. The 1975, like (laughs) people who are also very, I feel like, at least in my opinion, really lyrically driven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, As writers, where like most of the time what you're taking away is like the narrative of the song, where there are artists where I feel like they're just as incredible writers and artists, but you're, it's like Beach House or something, or like it's not going to be, you're, you're, you're not listening for like this winding like lyrical narrative it's more like maybe the Mm. ambiance of the song or whatever it is but yeah i'm i'm very much in that camp i'm like (laughs) i'm a big metalhead i love electronic music i love like a lot of lot of rap and stuff Mm -hmm. um but it's very very noise focused um yeah which is totally i love like such a broad spectrum of stuff but i find that the stuff that like inspires me the most or that mm. i'm just naturally drawn to is like very yeah lyrically okay. driven. Yeah, cool. I uh I don't I haven't listened to almost any of the art artists you've mentioned. Wow. But I did uh I saw a a video online. It was just like I was scrolling through Instagram in a reel and it was a it was a Mitski concert. Mm-hmm. And I was like she was like a really good performer and I was like looking through the comments like who is this? <laughs> and I went and looked it up and I was like okay, this is pretty good. This is not my vibe, but she is very talented. So that's the only one I've seen. And you know, Piano Man by Billy Joel, right? That's him. That if that is my favorite song. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's the only other thing I know. Well, he's like, I'm from Long Island, and it's like, okay. I just feel like even if you don't want to, it's like something in your like bones, just like mm. when when there's a he's like the hometown hero of Long Island, right? Where like I didn't choose to like <laughs> love him as much as I do. Yeah, it's yeah. just like in the water I drank. Yeah, yeah. My whole life, but um, yeah, and Mitski's probably like. One of, if not my favorite artists of all time. Nice. Um, but yeah, I'm just very drawn to people like that. There's a lot of like smaller, more contemporary artists too that mm. I've been super into. I think you'd really like Sasami. Sasami? She is like an indie rock leaning artist who decided to do like a new metal album. Cool. It's so good. I love a surprise new metal album. Yeah. Uh. She's sick. <laughs> I saw her on Monday night actually okay. perform. It's like you have to listen to it if you're like okay. into metal. I'm I like new metal specifically is like some shit my brain is addicted oh, to. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, then you have to. I'm like her personal spokesperson. Okay. <laughs> it's like it's so funny with social media because like you are in just such an, a feedback loop of what you already like. Yeah, yeah. That like the people that I like and think are like the biggest artists in the world are like <laughs> truly not the yeah. biggest. And like I'll just go around saying like I will say she like how much I love her all the time and like people outside of maybe like the New York scene or like really into following like the music industry are like like I don't know who you're talking about and I'm like yeah. she is um actually the biggest and best artist of all time because my social media is telling me so and like everything I, I like is curated around what yes. I already like you know what I mean I'm like <laughs> I love one of my favorites I love 100 Gex okay you, yeah I will say I love 100 Gex. They're my favorite. And a group of like six people and like no one will be like, yeah, I know them. I'm like, right. am and I crazy? Yes, exactly. Like- <laughs> and I think I'm also someone who just is like hyper following like new releases and yeah. like looking for what's going on mm-hmm. in like music where I'm 
especially not really like knowing what the general <laughs> like person who's not scouring yeah <laughs> I, I have no idea sometimes it's like it's really funny like yesterday actually so my friend sean who does a podcast cast here snd podcast go check out the episode i'm on but uh he comes down and he's wearing like a, a jacket and it has a Dimmu Borgir patch. And Dimmu Borgir is a uh, black metal band, a symphonic black metal band okay. from the early 2000s. And I was like, oh, Dimmu Borgir. And he was like, what? And I was like, you're wearing a Dimmu Borgir patch. And he's like, what? And I was like, dude, that's a band. Like, why did you just you... bought the jacket? Yeah, I was like, who, who where did you get this jacket? He's yeah. like, I thrifted it in Montana. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's like, dude, so now we, I'm like, you have to watch music videos now to understand yeah. what you have signed up for. It's like the name five songs. Like, Yes, 100%. And it's like, it's like his friend they brought is a metalhead. He has good good taste in music. Uh, but he was like, yeah, that band sucks. And I'm like, really? That band fucking ruled when I was in 10th grade, okay? Yeah, it's so funny. I just played this like music board game the other night that was made in the MTV era. So mm. it kind of ends around like Avril Lavigne and like Beyonce are on it. Yeah, but yeah. like maybe like 2000 sometime. And I, it's just crazy. The people you, like I gave a clue that was very obvious for Amy Winehouse. Okay. The person who was my teammate was like, I don't know a single Amy Winehouse song. I was like, that is cra so crazy to me. Crazy. Like, it's yeah, just super people crazy. are living in their own. Uh, How could anyone not know Amy Winehouse? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I'm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because my friend who was my teammate in that game is also a big like metalhead and mm. probably shares music taste with you. But like, you just really. Everyone who thinks that they know like what everyone else likes, but there's like no overlap because no overlap. everyone's so like in their own pod. <laughs> it's like uh, I ha almost have no overlap with like Lee, right? Like yeah. we're married and it's like when we're Which, in congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> Next episode, I will have uh, no two episodes from now. I'll have my ring. Uh, but oh when we take like road trips. It's like so back and forth on music. Every time she's listening to what she listens to, I'm like, ugh. Every time I'm listening to what I want to yep. listen to, it's like that. The only thing we can kind of agree on is some songs where J. Cole is a feature. Because she likes, I hate J. That's Cole. So she funny. loves J. Cole. But sometimes he's on tracks I like. Because there's like, because <laughs> you like the artist that he's yeah. featuring on. <laughs> or uh, jazz. Like Lee likes some like funk and jazz and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I can get down with that, but I'm not as versed in it. So. I see. I think that's the hallmark of a great relationship you just hate each other's music taste <laughs> if if i was like if i was like oh it would be so great if for christmas you got me a hoodie from one of my favorite bands mm -hmm. she wouldn't <laughs> she like, wouldn't like, know what to get yeah <laughs> she'd be like morally against it because she hates your music taste so much <laughs> i don't know I, like i'm i'm sure with with enough digging she could go through my phone and figure it out but it would truly be just such a shot in the dark that's so funny. We'll see if she paid attention to my Spotify wraps <laughs> this year. <laughs> um, what does your ring look like? Oh, uh, it's in. It, we went to this place in uh, Soho called Holden, and the buying experience is excellent. Mm -hmm. uh, but we got, we got uh, her. We got one that goes around her engagement ring that has like it's like smaller and has like it's like platinum with diamonds. It's like a thinner mm -hmm. one, so yeah. it can go next to the main one. Okay. We wanted them that two that matched, mm -hmm. and. The one I really like is shaped like an octagon. It's like white gold. And it's like kind of kind of thick. Yeah. So it looks like I went to the hardware store and like <laughs> made something made myself. But it's actually pretty cool. So I got mine in white, uh, white gold, with like a matte finish. And she got one in gold with a mirror finish. So Ooh. they're kind of cool. 
They're you know your modern. terms. Thank you. I'm working at a jewelry store right now. Oh, really? So this is like, <laughs> I am just like, yes, white, gold, blah, blah, blah. I was, I was literally like, uh, they were like, what, what carrot do you want? I was like, the lowest. I want highest durability. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's so funny. You're like, I want the tiniest stones you've ever seen. Yeah, no stones on mine. Uh, okay. So I like, I like, I'm just very, octagons. I'm such a minimal design person. Yeah. Like, I even like, I even struggle with fashion sometimes because I feel like I just want so little that like stands out. <laughs> I, yeah, that's another that's another funny thing is like I feel like I'm also just I all that throughout that time where I was saying that I wasn't comfortable with like music. I was just wearing like I didn't even know what I like wanted to wear. Like it was just such that period <laughs> where I was like, who am I? Like, yeah. And that and at the same time, like fully just putting music on Spotify and being like listen to it when I'm like I don't know like if I like this but yeah I, it's interesting how I feel like I go through phases with clothes but I finally feel like I've settled on like what I actually like but I feel like that's like the time where you figure that out yeah it takes time I feel yeah. like I'm such I'm such an athleisure like utilitarian <laughs> dresser function over yeah. everything I used to be I used to wear like band shirts and like 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 metal hoodies and stuff then yeah. I realized this was in college. And then I realized that even though I consider it art and I just enjoy it and yeah. it doesn't actually say anything about me other than I like these bands, yeah. other people don't see it that way. They mm. see you in some gory metal shirt and they're like, right. ooh, he's probably like, who mm. knows? You sketch them out. Yeah, so I stopped wearing them. I collect them still, oh. but I'm just incognito mode, That's basically. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to ask, so your most recent EP, mm -hmm. uh, when it all comes crashing down, four songs. How? When did you get started on this? On the the songs? How long did this take you to put together? Yeah. So I'm I'm like someone who, a lot of people like stockpile kind of songs and mm -hmm. then like wait and see how they feel about it. Like down the like sit with them for a while. I like like to just when I have something I like, like I feel passionate about it. I want to work on it like while I'm excited about it or else okay, I feel yeah. like you kind of lose yes. the zest for it. Nice. Because I've tried to be like, let me just hold on to this before and then it just feels stale and I really mm -hmm. feel like, I I can't remember this quote that I saw, but it was basically saying like, you basically like strike while the iron is hot with yes. like how you feel about your idea. Yeah, yeah. And so the <clears throat> song Doors, which was the first single, uh, I released for the EP was written first and I had actually written a bunch of other songs that I thought were going to become an EP, but mm -hmm. they didn't feel, I didn't feel super excited about them. Mm -hmm. And then I returned to doors after making a bunch of those songs and was like, okay, I think I actually have to like scrap everything else and have this be the center point and write around this now. Okay. So doors is the one that has the video in the high school. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I see. It. <laughs> see you. I did, you did listen and watch. So that one was actually crazy. Cause I remember when you put out the video, that was like the first song of yours. I had listened to mm. at all. Yeah. And like Zach shared it and all this and I mm. watched it and I was like, yo, she's like the real, like, this is like a real music video. <laughs> Thank you. I I love that video. That was at my high school, like my real high school. Okay, cool. Um, Which was like so funny. <laughs> my like principal of my high school was like helping us like get access to do it. Nice. And, um, Yeah, that was so fun. And like, yeah, so Doors came first and that was written probably like March of last like march 2021 okay and then 
everything else was written throughout the rest of that year through probably December of last year. Okay. And then the first doors came out in like um April or sometime or or June. Okay. So so, so you you've written all the songs in 2021. Yes. And then this year you're like producing them and mixing and mastering and stuff I kind or well yeah the mixing and mastering definitely i kind of produce as i go okay because it kind of since i'm doing it and the writing you like by myself anyway it kind of feels like it's all one process rather yeah. than like stages but yeah then once everything's done is when i send it off to get mixed and mastered okay um and then the video started like before we had even finished mixing because mm. that is like Vi videos are crazy was They're that your first music video it was not i did um i think two to three others before um or actually three to four i i had worked with this same director on a video for the song thaw that came out last year mm -hmm. um so actually probably right around the time I had written Doors. And Thaw was probably one of the first times I felt like so good about something. Mm, okay. Um, which is like still like everything I'm saying about feeling so good about things is like literally making me want to vomit. Like it makes me so uncomfortable <laughs> to say that. But I, I, it's like the closest I've ever been yeah, to yeah, feeling yeah. that way. Um, I think it's yeah. important to say. I think you should yeah, say Yeah, I'm, I'm putting it out there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making it official. But I, yeah, I worked with this director who he was like still a student at NYU when we okay. did the one last year and this year. Um, but it's just so much fun. It's really stressful, but I love making videos. I feel like mm -hmm. I always think I love watching them and I'm always thinking really visually too when yeah, I'm writing. Yeah. So. so I I read when I was, I was, okay, as I was listening to the EP, I was trying to find the lyrics for all of it because I, I'm like, yeah. I want to make sure I know what's going on, right? <laughs> uh, I, I found an interview about your door about doors and yeah. the video, and so mm -hmm. you like you shot this in your in in your high school mm -hmm. because the lyrics focus on you in high school, right? Yeah, it's definitely. I think doors is kind of about like having these flashbacks to these memories from childhood that like you didn't think impacted you until mm -hmm. you were older, and you have these kind of like moments where you're like, I kind of was weird or that kind of yeah, yeah. sucked. <laughs> and um, also I think I was just feeling very like, yeah, kind of looking back and viewing things through the lens of being older was mm -hmm. kind of like what that song felt like for me. And so it was very fitting to do it there. And that was also just like my friend Zach who directed it brought me that idea when he listened to Doors for the first time and was like, I just see it being at a high school and there's mm. like this football player figure and like we just went from there and then mm -hmm. also ended up shooting it at my childhood home oh, okay in the scenes that are in the house nice which we've now sold so that was crazy because it was like doc kind of like a final yeah. farewell because now <laughs> i have like no reason to go back there ever. that's cool though yeah you gotta preserve that yeah and my mom was in it like being my mom nice and my younger sister too so cool awesome so mm -hmm. that video how long did it take you to put that video together What's, yeah. that, what's that process like? It's like so insane. Like when I see other people do it, I'm like, how the fuck did <laughs> they do this? Like I, because I just feel like we're, it's just a constant ongoing stress. And I'm right. not even the main one. They try to like leave me out of problems to not stress me out because right. I'm like the artist. But at the level I'm at, like I, of course, am and want to be involved. But basically there's like the core team of like, for Doors we had, 
think three producers, Isabella, Alexis, and Emily, and then Zach was directing, and this cinematographer, Gabriel, was DPing, and that's like the core mm -hmm. team that was involved, but mainly it's working with Zach and the producers to you location scout. Like we mm -hmm. went to my high school during a school day with Zach and like the DP and <laughs> my cousin Isabella, who's a director filmmaker who was producing it mm -hmm. and toured it and they took videos and then we had to cast everyone, which like that was the most people I've ever had in a video. And like there were some, <laughs> we like had to like just cast some random people. Some people were like friends of friends or like mm -hmm. people from my town who were like people siblings. Yeah, yeah. And then, also having to find those my high school let us borrow football uniforms and like for costuming cool. and we had hair and makeup which you all have to coordinate everyone gets fed the whole time we're shooting so you're coordinating oh making sure people God, don't have dude. allergies like it's so much to think about <laughs> it's actually crazy and obviously like that is all like hats off to mainly the producers and zach who are doing a lot of the heavy Jeez, lifting but. what'd you do a gofundme for this <laughs> i like i literally okay so another thing that i do is write these what i describe as anniversary songs which are these gift songs that people commission Whoa. as like one of my streams of income cool and it's really like just you know you get you get paid pretty quickly mm -hmm. after doing them and that was like in this strange boom where we were just getting like one billion songs every week like for from this thing that we like a lot of my artist friends and i do and i was just basically pouring it all into this video that's really cool that's yeah fun. which was really fun and it's part of why i do it in addition to having like another job or a day job because i can right. just kind of use it directly as like a music that's awesome fun. so that that's was like really this. lucky this whole operation exactly. i get an adobe license <laughs> <laughs> exactly the machine feeds itself yep um and then yeah that so that was like and just was basically from my savings i think zach contributed some too because he was graduating soon and this was kind mm -hmm. of like his last big like yeah. one of his big videos he was doing so it's yeah cool. it's crazy and it's kind of why i don't do them very for every song nearly right. because it's just impossible and i also don't want to do one that's like half baked just to have one right, i'd right, rather right. like really do that whole push for something i'm like so proud of so makes sense it yeah. came out really well thank you it was, i was like damn <laughs> <laughs> no when we watched it back we were like how did we do this yeah. <laughs> like, we're, like literally every time it gets done you're like you can't even remember how yeah. you even got to the point where it was able to happen. Whoever did the video editing nailed the vibe. Zach edited it too. Yeah. Um, great job, Zach. Yeah, he's very great. Zach Weisel is his name. Um, but yeah, that kind of kicked everything off and I always knew that I wanted that to be like the first single from mm -hmm. the project. Um, and then, yeah, I felt like the other songs, I had been writing some other stuff at the time, but they just kind of naturally just felt like what... Yeah what was rising to the top and what mm -hmm. I felt strongly about. So I like that. I like you mentioned earlier, the strike while the iron is hot. Mm -hmm. I'm like trying to lean into that more and more lately. Yeah. It's like, it's nice. Like when that iron is hot, when you have that idea, I'm in the camp of like, let that hyper fixation just take over. For <laughs> yeah. A no, work days. on it as much as yeah. you can, because it's so rare, like in the, you know, in everyday life, it's so rare to have that excitement about something mm -hmm. you're working on that doesn't feel like, jaded or just stress or like whatever so yeah. i i try to i i de i never just want to like withhold for the sake of of withholding right. just personally i i think it works for other people who are able to just kind of like 
keep pushing on. Mm -hmm. But I really love to just kind of like get things done while I feel excited. And then also it's like with music especially, this is also so funny because it's so different from comedy. Like mm -hmm. the timeline of when you write something to when it is fully finished and mixed and mastered and released can be like a year, even if you are working right. on it and rushing or right. not rushing but like really being active about it whereas with comedy you could like write something on the train on the way to the mic or the show mm -hmm. and then just immediately get feedback yep. you know and sometimes those are the best ones yeah and then it's like you had this like kind of like strike of inspiration or whatever it is so it's i i feel even more driven because it's already gonna take so fucking long right then even if i do like um like even when I am really pushing, it's just like the nature of like even submitting music for distribution. Mm -hmm. They recommend you do it like four to six weeks before you want to release. So there's like just a really mixing yeah. can take any amount of days to weeks to sometimes months mm -hmm. for other people. But I it doesn't usually take that long for me. But it's really. Yeah. So makes sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't imagine being really excited to work on a project and then doing it and then knowing it's like it's gonna be like eight months <laughs> yes and like eight months would like honestly be short like it's crazy yeah. I, I then i think it's also like the more resources you have and you can make that timeline shorter but i think i'm also just speaking mm -hmm. from like there are only so many hours in the day where yeah. i can physically like be working on music all the time right um, i'd like there to be more but yeah. um where like of what's even plausible so i saw some of those videos talking about how uh modern day music consumers are super spoiled because we expect yes. like some type of album like almost every year every other year from our favorite artists and that's like insane it's like ridiculous. this is like <laughs> 10 to sometimes 15 20 like songs some of them have features whatever mm -hmm. it is and then those big artists are touring the album for three months where some people are like recording on the tour bus or they're stopping in studios like i think three to four years in between albums is like very much makes sense to me for someone yeah. for these big artists i think maybe after that they are just taking their time and wanting it to be what it is but people after like a year people will be like where have they been i'm like probably sleeping yeah. like a little or touring like right. it's crazy but yeah and also like you said probably writing songs for the next album right yeah like then you're immediately yeah. probably especially on like big labels probably being pressured to be like so when are we gonna hear that new stuff and you're like playing a show yeah. every night <laughs> and like driving or flying between cities i can't imagine doing that it it seems like i i never want to be a touring comedian like i don't mm. ever want to be a road dog yeah me and zach have talked about this yeah because it's just like it seems that's it seems kind of brutal it would be hell i think <laughs> listen i love road tripping the u.s and stuff but like the idea of like spending weeks living out of hotels and just going to random cities to do like spots at and night, like by yourself by yourself yeah. like you like yeah, you can bring a friend but like that seems like awful and it seems like my create my creative inspiration would just be like run into a rut yeah almost, like it would just know? really feel like you're doing it like begrudgingly eventually yeah and i'm like you should have fun doing it and like when you live normal life and you allow yourself like time to not just be grinding you get the you get the creative juices flowing again you yeah, know because you're like experiencing life yeah, and then so, that sparks what you would even create yeah i'm like <laughs> i'm thinking about like okay my one of my favorite metal bands is rammstein and they yeah. come out with an album probably every five years ish yeah. and people like 
every the last three album two or three albums have been like their last album yeah, so yeah, everyone yeah. is like <gasps> like what, what's it gonna be and every time they release an album it's all amazing and i'm like when did these guys like just hang out and have dinner or go on vacation or something because yeah. they're either touring or the next album is out and they're touring again i don't know that's gotta be tough I know. it's so interesting because i think it's also so different depending on the level that you're at especially with artists where like you know, if you're like one of the biggest artists in the world, you can probably spend an entire year just resting, mm-hmm. actually not working, like on a remote island. Maybe you're doing a little writing. Maybe they're flying in your producer to mm-hmm. start some sessions and then the album gets made, whatever. But for a lot of like, even like big mid-level artists, the money is just like not there for you to just be sitting around like i think that's part of the pressure to Mm -hmm. release is like you're always i think they're being told attention spans are getting shorter like singles economy like releasing singles so you have more content all the time Mm -hmm. and then also touring and merch are what are the big like money makers right right music so if you're not releasing new music what what album are you touring right so i think a lot of the times I mean, I'm just thinking maybe in the eyes of labels, like the album is the vehicle for getting that money from touring and like that's yeah. where the artist's like bread and butter is. That makes sense. But um, I can't imagine how hard it must be to, to be getting that that pressure, like those knocks on your door kind of feeling. Yeah. But also it's like you're privileged to have those yeah. resources. So it's like a give and take. Like I would, I'd want like crumbs of like what I know are probably like, problems for some of those artists but then i would probably be saying the exact same thing and like it is a real problem that there's just like really no money in Mm -hmm. for artists who are not in like the one percent kind of right right right. yeah but yeah i want to have the problem where people like my stuff enough that they are like please more and i'm like i'm too tired (laughs) tired. (laughs) let me rest fans (laughs) i'm too busy designing merch for the next tour yeah right (laughs) oh my god yeah and it's it's like yeah and it's like even though those are like true problems it's like i would love to have those problems yeah yeah, over other problems but so uh, let's get into some other ones. Uh, so for this uh, album, let me pull it back up because mm-hmm. I have it on my recently played. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, so you it's four songs. To Know yes. You, Doors, Strawberry, and Down. Okay, yes. and I think Down also has a music video. Yeah, it just came out last week. Okay, I missed that one. But... <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so what was what 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 was what was it like making the video for Down after such an elaborate operation for Doors? Yeah, Down was way simpler. Um, it, it was all shot. So door, uh, doors was also a three day shoot where mm-hmm. like the crew was sleeping at my house and like, it was a whole on Long Island, wow. <laughs> um, down was one day mm. local to like in Manhattan with a much smaller crew and smaller cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also shot on film, which is a really interesting way to do things because it, it, it just, really suited the look of what we were going for but you can't obviously watch anything back right um and you also are using up physical film so you have to be mindful you can't do a million takes right right, you have right. to do a lot of rehearsals so the process is a little bit more like painstaking mm-hmm. but um we're really happy with how it came out and it kind of just always felt natural to do a video for 
down indoors because mm-hmm. I felt like they were really like I just thought they could really drive a visual and yeah. strangely Isabella Danzi my cousin who directed the down video like sent me a voice message like the day after I wrote down like on the piano like she didn't know and was like mm-hmm. I have this vision for a music video where you're like sitting at the piano and like describes this whole thing and I'm like this is this song like this is so strange cool, she's nice. kind of like a clairvoyant kind of person yeah, like yeah. that and I just like called her back and sent her the song and she was like I'm crying like this is what I just described wow. so it was kind of like a very like fateful mm-hmm. thing and it all just kind of felt right and it's super different from doors yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like that's really cool to have yeah. that collaboration with that also mm-hmm. So for Doors, for the video, you also had someone else kind of have the idea for the video. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, I love, I feel like I have a very specific taste in music videos and like also have high standards for videos, but I'm, I would love to direct someday, but I really love, I feel like some people, I like when people are like just the best at what they love Mm -hmm. to do. And it's like, I want to work with those people and Mm -hmm. like I don't think I'm necessarily at all like the one who's going to have the best concept like even Mm -hmm. though it's my music so you said you have high standards for music videos yeah do you have any music videos by your favorite artists that were a disappointment for you oh definitely Uh like it's just like I'm sure that some of I'm sure some of them don't even like those videos you know like there's so many now having made like a few videos on what is really like a tiny scale compared Mm -hmm. to these big shoots it's like you just don't always know exactly how it's going to turn out until right. it, until it happens. And like, there's always going to be maybe little things you would have wanted to change. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure on a bigger scale, you're not even making some of those decisions depending on like the situation you're in. But any standouts I, on the on ones you don't like? Oh my god, no! I I mean, it's like one of those things where yeah. it's like even those I feel like everything has like a certain like charm or like value to me even if it's not like exactly what i would want for myself Mm -hmm. um but i think yeah we definitely spent a lot of time sending like you're just constantly sending references like Mm -hmm. seeing anything that even as a specific like editing style like color palette like to try to get because that's like the only thing you can go off of until you're there shooting it any favorite all-time music video Ooh. Me and Zach would send, um, like, ASAP Rocky has, like, some mm. of the most incredible music videos. Yeah. So does, I can't remember who it is. Okay. There's this one video <laughs> that's incredible. Um, uh, there's some, Celeste Strange mm. is a really, Celeste is the artist in the song okay. Strange. I really love. Um, oh, and Rosalia. Rosalia. Has some of just, like, the best music videos of all time. Okay. Um. So, yeah, there's definitely favorites. And obviously there's not... It's just funny because it's like... There's no really, like, market, I guess, for music videos. Like Yeah, not really anymore. It's like they're on YouTube, yeah. but they're not... And, like, I think the people who love them are just the ones who are, like, really sharing them and, like, driving it. But, right. like, you don't have to make a music video and it's not going to, like, be on... You it's, know, like, it's just a different kind of... Yeah, it's not MTV era anymore. Yeah, or, it's more like you could make a vertical 
real like you could literally make a reel yeah. that you edited of like something cool for your song and i think that's like what a lot of my like peers will do mm. because it's like you can't make a huge video for everything but you need that video content right on your feed <laughs> so you kind of it's yeah. like it's like a blessing and a curse because it's like you can just make a lyric video yourself or like record some footage or record yourself singing it mm -hmm. for TikTok or like Instagram or whatever in lieu of like having to constantly find a way to fund or like make music videos. But it's very uh, it's a disappointing era where it's audio really audio hard. only content is just fully pushed to the wayside unless it has some type of visual component. Yeah, it's really even with like canvases on Spotify, it's like you're just constantly always having yeah. a visual for everything. But I mean, I really love having I love like music videos and seeing mm -hmm. what people come up with for like visual content to accompany their music. Yeah. And it's like something I'm always thinking about, but it is feeling more like a requirement than a like creative yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like thing that I want to do. <laughs> That's why you have people coming up with the ideas for you and with you. Not yes. <laughs> not for me personally, but I'm sure that is happening yeah, for right. others. <laughs> okay, so for this album, how would you like how would you want what would what would you I guess let's start with this. Yeah. Why'd you pick the song order? Ooh, that's a good question. I I feel like to know you kind of starts with this like intro that I wanted to be kind of like bond themey and mm -hmm. like cinematic where it kind of felt like the it just felt like an introduction to yeah. like everything include and not just the song and it also has it's the first lines of the whole EP or when it all comes crashing down. Yeah. Yeah. Know you. It's like a movie when they say the title of the movie. Yes. Yeah. And they like, <laughs> like the camera. but um, yeah, so that always felt right. And mm. then doors is just like one of my favorite songs ever. And I think it just felt like it needed to be next. I, mm -hmm. I never have like an actual explanation for this other than just okay. like, also I'll just listen through and be like, how does the pacing feel? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like usually, a lot of the times ballads on an album, like a full length album are either last mm -hmm. or they're somewhere in like the late middle. Yeah, yeah. Um, and since it's only four songs, it just felt like that was kind of like the finale to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Strawberry was an interesting one. I think it was written right before Down or around the same time. Mm -hmm. And it felt like it kind of had a brighter, like one of the brighter yeah. kind of tones. And I think it, I wanted that to be in between doors and down because those yeah. have a more minor and somber kind of tone. That, yeah, that, that's what it felt like. And honestly, now you're describing this to me. This is exactly is it how. Working? Yeah. <laughs> this is exactly how I plan a comedy show lineup. Like, oh, of people. interesting. <laughs> okay, we need someone who's gonna go first. Who's gonna be like a good introduction and not be too much, but like be the right amount. Okay, mm -hmm. then we're gonna go to someone who's like really funny. All right, maybe they like did this. We need a break. Maybe we'll go lower energy and we'll bring it back up, like hot and cold and kind of. Yes. Okay. And I feel like a lot of the time, like I, I definitely think about order for sure. And I, I knew I was already gonna be releasing like seventy five percent of the project before it came out, so it also wasn't like. I didn't have to worry as much about like, oh, are people going to make it through the whole EP? Right, right. Whereas with an album, maybe if they haven't heard seven of the tracks, like that's really important because it's like, are people just going to kind of listen sporadically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they going to find you like in a not organic way and not listen through? But like, I think most artists still really think about track list. What's your, what's your ideal album length? Oh. How many tracks? I feel like I would, I love like, 
13, like 12. I feel like 10 is like minimum for an album mm. in my head. And then like anything between 12 and like 14. Okay. Anything, anything more than that feels actually kind of like long to me. It drives me crazy. When, Why? When, when people release an album that is like 20 tracks, I'm like, you are kidding me. You expect like... How am I going to differentiate these songs? <laughs> yeah, I always think when there's like 20 songs on an album, most of the time I'm like, you, this could have just been cut down. Like there's yeah. certainly just some tracks that could have been that just weren't necessary. And I think it ends up feeling a little cluttered. Yeah. And I feel like my favorite albums probably definitely fall between like 10 to 13 tracks. Maybe. Yeah. I think I'm in like there, like probably like 10. It just feels 10, very 12. concise. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting though, because song length has also evolved to become shorter yeah yeah so it's like if you're also if you know if every song's two minutes long then maybe i'm okay or want more tracks but you're following you're like around like three to four minute right i'm probably like 230 to three okay. songs like pop songs at least like chart topping songs used to be way longer mm -hmm. and now like kind of like the golden song length more recently has been like 230 so short yeah which is like really short and it's crazy because your brain just adapts so quickly like if we're in, in a session like me and uh, as a writer and we're writing something that's like 3 30 that's like ungodly long whoa like it's crazy <laughs> like it's crazy and it's like definitely a thought of like you're thinking about the song length in terms of like attention span or like wow. if you're if you're not getting to the chorus this is mainly also like for pop or like mm -hmm. more in the pop like umbrella but mm -hmm. if you're not if you want to have an intro that's like 30 seconds long you might lose people if they're yeah. discovering you on a playlist and it's like <laughs> i that though this is like really what it's people insane. think about yeah. i i like really try to not let that affect at, at least like the creative choices right, right it's like just not maybe wise to release a song that's like six minutes for me right now right 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 but if i really wanted to and felt like i could stand behind it i would mm -hmm. just do it but in terms of especially writing for other people who want to like be on those playlists and like be in in pop there are these kind of like unspoken rules and it's not like rules it's kind of also like what helps make the song feel like paced correctly right right um but it's crazy listening to older songs and you're like wow this intro's a minute over a minute long <laughs> like and they you, could just do that because there was no spotify i live for that honestly as a metalhead the sweet spot is like seven minutes oh i love yeah, a seven minute song true. like i'm all about that yeah. but and it like really yeah. honestly just shouldn't affect anything and i think for a lot of people it doesn't but um in terms of like if you really want to be like on the radio or like in that vein you kind of do yeah. have to like pay attention to what is working. I don't I guess. know. It's unfortunate. I like because I love I love like I'll, I like a like four minutes is a great song because like mm -hmm. you get the chorus a few times yeah. and you can really enjoy it, you know. Yeah. But when like with when TikTok like blew up, like I could feel it. I was like, oh no, everything is compressing and we don't get to enjoy things for as long now. You well, know? yeah. Now it's like a lot of artists of these fans come to their shows and they truly only know the one viral yep. TikTok snippet and they sing that part and then they literally stand there's like videos of it they just stand there the rest of the show I'm have, like, oh my have God. you seen the videos like the younger generation they are sitting on the floor at shows like during the opener and like during songs they don't know madness i like <laughs> yeah i when i saw that the first time i was like this is like 
why would you ever touch the floor in one of these places? One and two, <laughs> like, come on, just enjoy what's happening. <laughs> it's really interesting. I, I think it's partly this is like getting very like maybe unnecessarily deep about it. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like the way things are online that like the fans kind of feel like they like the artist like owes them. Yeah. Um, Like or a certain amount or definitely like parasocially online but then I feel like it's just starting to bleed into live shows where like Mitski released this like she doesn't even have I don't even think she like runs her own social media because she doesn't want to but like put her statement had her people put this statement on Twitter just being like I in it was very very kindly worded just being like it, it, it makes it hard to connect with you when I'm looking out and I only see a sea of phones. Like I can't right. even see your faces was kind of the summary. And people were like, "It." I bought a ticket to the show. Like <laughs> I can do whatever I want at the show. And like, I want to be able to remember it. And I've like, I, and all of this, it was like a actual like quote unquote controversy. And I was just like, it was such, it just like was such an earnest and very simple yeah. feeling. And like, she was like, at the end of the day, I think, like, obviously you can do whatever you want, but it's like, I think for a lot of people, young people going to shows, it's like they're there to capture content. Yes. Yeah. For their social medias or for, like, I don't know, or that's just maybe how they go about life in general, or they want to be able to, like, show people, prove they were there. But it yeah. makes this very, it must be so strange as the artists who are the center points of that, <laughs> because you just feel like, you know, like, what? Are you, yeah. Do you like the music? Like, what right. is this? Like, if if I like, are you are those people fans of of Mitski? Like, <laughs> as an artist, because they would then respect her as a person, right? Like, you would think, yeah. I don't know. I, when I'm real with myself, like the only times I've taken concert videos right is like I maybe take one or two videos for my Instagram story that night. Yeah. The rest I will never watch again. <laughs> yes, they end up yeah. sitting on your phone. Yeah, and I used to do that when I was like 15, but I. Not like in the, I was never like at the foot of the stage just holding my phone and just throwing things at the stage like people are doing. It's just like really interesting to me. And it really pisses me off. We went to, we went to, um, Governor's Ball. Yeah. This year to see 100 Gex and J. Cole. Okay. (laughs) Polar opposite music. Last year. Okay. Last year was at the island, right? I think so. Okay, so this year it was at the City Field parking lot. That's where they used to do this festival, the Meadows, for a few years. So I've been there on the, on the concrete. It's I could not. I was like, <laughs> it's this so is hot. hellish conditions. <laughs> but when J. Cole, J. Cole was closing, we were on the last, it was the last night of the festival. Mm-hmm. And the crowd is like super dense, right? And it's like everyone is like dehydrated. They're like throwing water bottles at everyone. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as J. Cole walks out, everyone's arms shoot up with their phones so now you can't even see the stage you're like come on you're like you're you're watching the show in like a little hole between arms yeah i'm I'm over six feet tall i still can't (laughs) see (laughs) yeah i like to just get one video Mm -hmm. that i can be like oh look back and be like that like just to remind me of the show or maybe to put on instagram but it's like it's not you can't even physically jump or like react because you're like (laughs) trying to get the shot like i just don't understand Mm -hmm. unless it is for the purpose of like putting a ton of stuff on social media and being like look how close i was or like yeah i got this angle that i can put on tiktok of them singing whatever i think it's like no one fucking cares if they want to see the (laughs) artist you saw they would have gone you know (laughs) 
So back to your album. So this mm -hmm. album, what I know you, we talked about like making stuff that you like and because you like it represents you and you're happy with it. What do you want someone to walk away from this album with? Like a listener who listens to it, what do you want them to experience or think about or what's the vibe? Yeah, yeah. what's the vibe? I I think in general, I'm, I really like songs where I'm listening and I just hear them articulate a feeling in a way that I'm just like, oh, that like, it just like kind of pierces you or... Mm -hmm. I, I just think there's it's such an interesting challenge to kind of try to like explain a moment or a feeling or like a dynamic in a in a relationship of like any kind in a song in a way that like feels emotional and impactful and also like reads like is yeah, also understandable. Yeah. So I feel like there's a lot of layers, but <clears throat> in general, I think with this project, it was a lot of like I didn't used to write about the relationships in my life like platonic familial mm -hmm. romantic at all because i just was so a lot of my older songs are really like internal mm -hmm. and like kind of about like loneliness or like feeling insecure or like unsettled in myself and whatever and i think i really just started trying to like work through some of these really interesting like dynamics in songs so i feel like each of these songs is kind of about like a different relationship or at least dynamic in my life mm -hmm. that was really complicated for me. And I feel like was I was trying to distill into the song. Okay. And so I would hope that I think they're all very different dynamics, but I think that it would be my goal would be to have that same impact the way that I feel impacted mm. by my favorite songs where it's like hearing you put it that way in like the context of like, the song itself like sonically too like feeling right. moved by the song itself like changed my perspective on something or like just really stuck with me and like i thought about it okay the rest of the day like that's how i feel about the stuff that really like impacts me okay that's a good way to put it i uh honestly listened to this ep at the end i was like man she had a really fucked up ex. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. That's what's For so funny. All four tracks, this one one person, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> I know. It's like that's what's so funny too, is like only like two of like none of these are about an ex. Like wow, it's like okay. I think I don't I sometimes when I'm at like small like strip down shows, I'll like talk about like where the song came from and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But um some of it is like family related. Some of it is like uh, general, like how I've felt in like romantic relationships total. Okay. And then like some are just about like being in love and like it, I, I think it's, it's funny because it, I like want it to read different ways for different yeah, people. Yeah, like yeah. I like, I want to be specific enough that it's like, it could strike some chords if you've had a something similar happen, okay. but vague enough that it's like, it feels like it can hmm. fit your, like it feels personal to you. You know gotcha. what I mean? Okay, cool. So there's like a variety there. Yeah. I like that. Interesting. The question I was also thinking about is like inspiration for this kind of very emotionally driven lyric focused music. Mm. So you're, you're in like a relationship right now. Yes. How do you find inspiration to write this type of stuff when you're in like a, a stable relationship? Yeah, it's funny because it's like 
like so, like down is about this relationship but it's like a worse fear song okay like there's so many different like ways to write about right a one relationship because there's such a depth of like feeling for mm -hmm. someone you know and like it's not in a bad way it's just in a way of like you care so much right right that i find that i'm never like going out of my way to try to like write about the relationship but there are just these like new you're constantly just like learning new things about yourself mm -hmm. especially like the longer you're with someone yeah. and when you feel just so, such intense feelings for them and like with down that was like i just felt that was from like the beginning of the relationship where i was feeling like when you meet someone and you're just like they're they're getting this version of you that mm -hmm. is like the best you can give them right and i also just felt like i was in a really good place when we met and i was just having these thoughts of like you know it's people only see worse of you from there when yeah, they're yeah, yeah. getting you at your best <laughs> and like that was just one kind of feeling from there that i don't feel anymore but like right it's it's funny because i've i think i've seen like someone like there's this artist conan gray um say like every song is about one person mm -hmm. like and you just wouldn't know like i yeah, and i yeah, think yeah. that a lot of bigger artists like where you don't they're not doing a million interviews or like talking about what the songs are about like they could be all about one person but mm -hmm. there's just such a wide like and then the relationship evolves and you feel new things and right it's, like different That's things come up honestly yeah. like part of my struggle right now is like no jokes about my wife yeah. <laughs> like i just cannot i just every day if i sit down the notebook i'm like i got 10 new wife jokes i cannot <laughs> i will not be i will not do this let's write about other stuff <laughs> yeah no i know and it's so uh, yeah i feel like comedy it's like you i feel like at least for me like i am myself as an artist but there is like a slight you know window of glass where there's like a protective layer and also a little bit more of like a performative like right version of me that right, is right, like right. performing and like is the artist where with comedy like obviously that's definitely true like people have a stage persona or whatever but you're talking about you're just literally like with names or like with yeah. roles talking about these like basically stories from your life i and it's <laughs> it drives me crazy right because it's like write about what you're experiencing mm -hmm. i'm experiencing being married for the first hopefully only time right <laughs> the first time, yeah. and it's like all these things like there's so many thoughts and so much i have like thought about that's so interesting to me and i want to talk about it but also i feel like doing a comedy show in brooklyn where i just have 10 minutes about being married like is like one it's not relatable to most people in brooklyn at this time in our lives like it's just not yeah. okay i feel like when i mention i'm married on stage i get a clap but if i talk too much i'm like okay i feel like i'm bragging now you know <laughs> right. the flip side is i feel like uh being married at 28 here in new york city i feel like we're the weird like mormon couple who got no, married too early literally <laughs> it's like getting married at 28 in the suburbs or like in the middle of nowhere is like getting married at 40. Yeah. But getting married at 28 in New York is like getting married at like 20. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> like I'm in this. I, I know it's the right thing to do. And it's yeah. like, but other people are like, wow, like congratulations. But I'm like, okay, so none of my peers. <laughs> none of my well, peers yeah, here. I feel like also with like comedy, especially, yeah. or like just creative stuff in general, like people are on such not traditional like life yeah. paths that like 
a lot of volatility there. I feel like it's very like very much a normal thing to do. Yes. Like so I just in your in your so circle. I want to talk about it, but everyone else like it it's like, "Oh, I don't want to just hone in." So I understand that like try to let's get a diversity of topics. So it's very cool to like that you're writing about it through different perspectives and generating new feelings out of it. Yeah, and like it's funny cuz I'll play stuff for my friends. Like we I started doing this songwriting circle in August with like three of my best friends who are mm. all artists where like we're basically just trying to like f- have fun writing and right. like we really value each other's opinions and we're just kind of doing like a song a week or a song every two weeks and I'll sometimes play something and one of them will be like oh I know exactly like the day you're writing about and the other mm. one's like I didn't even know this was about your relation <laughs> like it's it's so funny like and it, that's yeah. kind of what I want where as long as the the feeling and like the story of the song is reading like sometimes i'll take a single feeling i was feeling and like it inspires me to write a song but then it's it becomes something else like it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily about this exact person and Mm -hmm. this exact um conversation where it just kind of become is the seed right right right. so then it it also yeah so then it it doesn't feel like it's like getting old because it's it's just constantly like uh, chipping away at like right. all the different things you can find in right because you're basically saying like you have a situation that produces a an idea and a feeling and then then you make the song about that idea slash feeling not like necessarily the situation and the person yeah it, yeah. it becomes like loosely based mm-hmm. rather than like feeling like it's ripped from my life mm-hmm. um where the feeling is real but like the details are maybe what felt right for the song yeah, so yeah. yeah it never feels like um like I'm getting sick of, or like I, like yeah. I'm getting bored of trying to write, and I'm, I'm never really trying to write about anything specifically. So I think that's just kind of like where mm. things end up coming okay. from. Okay, yeah, yeah, because yeah, I like like you mentioned earlier, your your lyrics are kind of like that in between, like vague and specific to capture a feeling, but leave it open to interpretation. Right. As I'm to not events. like we were at like yeah. CVS. You didn't write all too well, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, know? yeah, like where it's like exactly. But it's funny because it's like if Taylor Swift wasn't famous like there the details in there are also from her like her fans knowing every single intimate detail of like her yeah. relationships and her life where the song is specific in the way of like it's like red scarf or like upstate yeah but you can just kind of like feel the like you you can tell the story and like it, it, that's that's just what i i think about with like in terms of specificity mm-hmm. is like those the people who are are so big like that it's like any little detail people are going to like mine and like right really be like this is the exact day that she's talking about yeah where like it's probably a similar level of detail to maybe like strawberry but okay. like no one knows the intimate details of my life the way right. you would taylor swift yeah, yeah, yeah so i always find <laughs> yeah i just think it's like it's like funny like that like where i'm always like how do you rank the specificity of a song besides maybe like a song that truly is just kind of saying like platitudes or something right but, right yeah. okay yeah yeah that makes sense i don't know i was i listened to that song and i was like uh uh all too well i was like this is so insanely specific <laughs> no it, and <laughs> it's, it is it's so and she's like i yeah. think that's yeah that's definitely like what she's known for like there's this one song invisible string that i love on folklore that's like blue was the color of the shirt that you used to that when you were 16 like working at the yogurt shop where you used to work like that is literally the lyric like 
So you're definitely right. I I don't write with that level of specificity, but yeah. Okay, that's that's good though. That's yeah. good. <laughs> I, sometimes I'd like to try to incorporate more, but it kind of feels like I think it just feels a little like disingenuous, like for me personally. Like it, mm-hmm. when I try to do it, I feel like it feels clunky. Like right, I right. was trying to put a detail in there. Right. Where I I'd like to I like listening and feeling like nothing's like jutting out. And yeah. sometimes when I try to put those specific names or like places it it just ends up being like oh that was weird that was a little jarring yeah 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 if you don't if i'm not doing it right yeah i feel i feel that i had a a, a, one of my good friends been on this podcast campbell morgan he's a writer he writes stuff Mm -hmm. he sends me like whatever stories and short stories he writes and all this stuff and i noticed like sometimes like he always asked for my feedback Mm. and there was like one story that was like a really good story but then it had like a like a trump reference to like reference (laughs) someone's vibe like oh they're kind of like like a kind of a trump guy and i was like this is all really good but like i feel like this almost stands out too much because it's like a sign of the times where if like yeah it also dates yeah it also puts you in a in a time and place like you might reference something and then like that place doesn't exist anymore right in a few years or like that's not something that people are doing or like watching exactly in a few years so i'm always kind of thinking about longevity too but mm-hmm. i don't think i'm ever trying to withhold i just think it's actually harder to incorporate those details in a right. way that feels organic right so you just show the high school in the music video you're like this is the <laughs> yeah, one so i just put blaring imagery <laughs> no but the adrian lanker who's in big thief if you okay. don't know adrian lanker but um i think she's like one of the best lyricists like ever and she puts such intricate specific detail but in just a way that like feels so like fluid and organic Mm. and so i'm definitely like it's something i want to try to do more um and it's funny because it's like it feels like it's something i already do but there's just always kind of like more like yeah 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 another layer deeper you can go but i feel that kind of same for comedy like the the humor is in the details but you don't want to spend forever setting up the context yeah because it's like then you put a detail and then it's like then you need to at least a little bit explain that detail in some way and then you're maybe that's off track from what you're actually trying to do exactly it's like a lot of times you like I'll like write a joke that's like about like a feeling it's vague and then just adding the detail is the punchline. Mm. But then if you a lot of times people's jokes about dreams don't <laughs> work because in order to explain what's happening in a dream, it's all details. So, so many details. And then it still doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's something like that. But that's interesting. It, it's good to be thinking about longevity. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what is in the what, what's coming up for you in the future? What's your plans? Are yes. You full album or just touring, feeling it out? I am trying to write my, like an album, mm-hmm. like what I want to be my debut album. Mm-hmm. I just feel like you only get to do that once. And I'm usually just kind of always like what what's working so that I can try to like plan a release just mm-hmm. to like keep um, active. But I'm like really just trying to, focus on the music and i just feel like i don't want to just like keep releasing like singles forever and right right put off an album for years just just because um so that's at least like the endeavor right now i don't Mm -hmm. know like if it'll end up coming out as an album or if i will break it up into like a small larger project Mm -hmm. but trying to write an album and play more live shows in the new year um 
And those are just basically my two goals right now. And and probably write and produce for more mm-hmm. people because I've been doing that a lot mainly this year and and last year. But um, I really enjoy it since I do everything just for my own project pretty much by myself. It's like yeah, so fun to get the collaboration right, through right. those okay. sessions. On the anniversary songs? <laughs> Can you imagine? No, that is like co- a completely different part of my brain. <laughs> That's dope. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, we're kind of wrapping up on time here. We got a couple more quick ones. Yeah. Um, what would you? What advice would you give to yourself when you first started doing all this? Oh my god, I would probably be like, calm down. Like I just always. I felt like I'm like have been running out of time since mm. I was like 15. Like I like <laughs> yeah. I was like I am so old like to my right. mom like on Long Island being like I everything's <laughs> over like I can't play children on Broadway. <laughs> I know, right? But um yeah, no, genuinely I I just I think I didn't really like soak up that time as much as I could have because I just felt so stressed about trying mm-hmm. to like get to where I want to be. Um and then maybe also just like trusting that by doing what I'm doing, I just will end up doing the things I want to do. Like, yeah. if I just it, like keep doing that work and like trying to get better and enjoying it, like I just will progress at least in small ways. Um, which it just like really didn't feel like that at the time because yeah. you just like want everything so badly. Yeah. And like now, but I think I'm starting to appreciate like every kind of stage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just. Uh, savor the process yes yeah cool and the uh final question i want okay. me I'm, I'm making i'm searching my brain making sure i didn't have any other ones that <laughs> because I'm so then you say one yes and then it's actually <laughs> final. uh what do you love about making music i think i love having this like this thing that like stands apart from me mm-hmm. that feels like it's really like a part of me that that like will outlive me mm-hmm. like i think i really just the challenge of making it is like so hard for me mentally to like feel like it's worth doing mm-hmm. even though i enjoy it and feel inclined to do it often but i think just it's like my like little like thing I mold out of clay and like keep molding until it's right. And then I just want to like put it on a shelf and Mm -hmm. like have it there forever. It, it, It gives me the same feeling as like an, like an heirloom yeah but for myself, not like a family heirloom. (laughs) Like I think I just love having these like kind of things that feel like they are like these external parts of me Mm -hmm. on like, honestly, like I, yeah. And I, I don't know. I I just I've I've just so recently found joy in doing it. Yeah. <laughs> where it isn't like pain and like feeling bad about it and everything that I think I'm just really excited to like keep exploring it and like the range of things like music I can make and the ways I can do it yeah. and like it just feels so much the beginning even though forever right. I've been like it's been so long <laughs> but yeah that's awesome i mm-hmm. totally relate to that that's so cool i cool. that's how i feel about like podcasts honestly <laughs> every time i record one of these i'm like another time capsules one, another one. <laughs> like my thing is, is like i've had so many talented amazing people on this show and i'm like some of them 
could be famous famous mm -hmm. a lot of them are just gonna be talented people mm -hmm. and if anything i want like in the like if i'm dead right mm -hmm. okay I, i'm working on a joke about this right now but like the internet could feasibly be around for just ten thousand more years like yeah. everything we've created could just stick around forever mm -hmm. so if like someone's like gee i wonder what the new york comedy scene was like to 2020 to 2022 like an archive yeah yeah it's like archival i feel that way even about just like that's why I feel like I want to like work on the music while I'm like in the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is because it's like that is representative of that period of my mm -hmm. life or like me at that time, like yeah. a tattoo. Like you're just simply going to regret some of your tattoos <laughs> if you're getting them, but they're that's what you wanted at that time and that's like what it what it feels like for me. I can't get a tattoo. I can't do it. No. I can't. <laughs> you don't have for that reason, I feel yeah. like I feel like I'm so I always am moving in mm -hmm. like in my consciousness so i feel like a tattoo is too much of an anchor to a time and place i understand that that's how i feel and then like uncharacteristically i have tattoos yeah but maybe that's like <laughs> one of the, the ways i'm able to let go you gotta break 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 through <laughs> yes. that anxiety <laughs> yeah awesome well thank you so much for coming on thank you this for is having wonderful me. talking about you and your album thank or your you. ep mm -hmm. and then one day your album uh <laughs> where can the people find you yeah um I would say Instagram's probably the best. I am Sabrina Song and my website's Sabrina Song Music. Yeah. Go follow her on Instagram, guys. Uh, go check out her EP when it all comes crashing down on Spotify and wherever else. Uh, that's been it. If you like the if you like the episode, subscribe. Uh, follow on you subscribe on YouTube, like the video, whatever. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, watching, as always, and I'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Mm -hmm.